Hello and welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast with your host Amrit Sander. This week I'd like to talk to you about compassion, compassionate work and compassionate leadership. Now, how many of you worked with leaders across organizations where you're sat there thinking, why are they being so cruel? How could they make the, the, the decisions they're making? Have they not realized the impact it would have on the people around them? And I remember my time in corporate life where decisions were being made that, frankly, I just, they violated my personal values. I was sat there thinking, how could you not see the pain and the suffering you're going to cause people? Now, across organizations, we, it's, it's easy to be judgmental. We don't get the full story. You never get to see the full picture of what leaders are having to contend with. But let's understand what compassionate leadership is and compassionate work. Now, it's easy to mistake care and compassion as being the same thing. The Cambridge Dictionary describes care as a caring person is kind and gives emotional support to others. That's different to compassion, um, which is a strong feeling of sympathy and sadness for the suffering or bad luck of others and a wish to help them. So you can clearly see a, a, a strong motivational factor here in action when it comes to um, compassion, a would desire or a willingness to help them, you know, to alleviate that suffering, different to care, which is about providing emotional support and being kind. Now, why does any of this matter? Well, imagine the culture change we could create across organisations if everybody became more compassionate at work. Now, if you think about, uh, if we start to explore the word compassion, where did it come from? It's derived from, as most words are, it's derived from Latin, from a word that is, uh, describes uh, to suffer with. So there's definitely an element of being immersed in someone's pain to suffer with when we're looking at compassion. So when we are thinking about compassionate work, part of this is being able to really immerse ourselves in what people are experiencing. And this goes nicely on to some research that Kenov did, uh, Kenov uh, in 2004, described three facets of compassion. One was noticing, the other is feeling, and then the third is responding. Now, it sounds obvious. You can't be compassionate if you're not noticing. If you're oblivious to the world around you, if you're oblivious to the people's or people's suffering around you, how they might be feeling, you're of no value to them in that way. So, the first stage of noticing, being aware of people's suffering, um, what they're experiencing, is critical. Um, the second uh, part is the feeling. Now, I remember when I was in pharmacy, and something I describe often, but I need patients to really describe what they were experiencing so I could immerse myself in their pain. And I don't mean pain as in genuine pain, but immerse myself in the, their discomfort, their, their ailments, whatever whatever they were experiencing. I just needed to know really clearly. Um, I, I needed to them to define it so clearly that I could just experience it in my body to say, yep, I get it. And that then allowed me to respond accordingly. And that's the third, third facet that uh, Kenov describes, responding. And by responding, it's having the desire to alleviate that, that person's suffering. So whatever they're experiencing from the noticing, having felt it, is then a desire, a strong desire to alleviate that suffering. And uh, this is a core concept of, um, so Buddhists use this a lot in terms of the uh, compassion. It's a critical component of Buddhism, but of, of many religions. 
and it's this desire to alleviate pain and suffering. And you can see then clearly how a values or belief system would be built on that. So, um, compassion. So we've understood then that it's it's about being able to feel this strong sympathy and sadness for, for what others are experiencing, and then the strong desire to alleviate that suffering through those noticing, through the three facets of noticing, feeling, and responding. Now, there's a, some other research that came out by Gilbert. It's a model that Gilbert created back in 2010. Um, and it was, um, Gilbert saw compassion assist, uh, consisting of six attributes. The first was sensitivity. So how sensitive are we to the emotions of others, of what they're experiencing? This goes back to the noticing. How sensitive are we? If we're not sensitive, thick skin, we're going to be, again, oblivious. The next attribute is sympathy. Um, sympathy is defined as having a concern for others suffering. Different to empathy, which is the third attribute, where we're putting ourselves in their shoes, really experiencing what they're going through. Then we've got motivating, um, and then we've got distress tolerance. Now, distress tolerance is interesting. I come across many leaders who say, actually, I care too much. I really am immersed on myself in people's pain and suffering, and they are clearly very compassionate. But it's actually become overwhelming, and that's this distress tolerance. How tolerant am I? And actually, instead of making it about them, have I immersed myself in their pain so much so now, now that I'm feeling it and I'm making it about me? So it's having that ability to be able to detach myself, but immerse myself in enough of what people are suffering. And finally, non-judgmental. So uh, Gilbert's um, six attributes, sensitivity, sympathy, empathy, motivation, distress tolerance, and non-judgmental. Now, when we start to put all of this together, you start thinking compassion is a bit more complex than what we thought. It's not just caring. It's not just, um, you know, um, going beyond that and wishing to alleviate people's suffering. And I, I mentioned this briefly, but there's an element of a belief system here where it, it, it overlaps our values, where we, have, we feel compelled to do something about it. And we see this all the time, whether it's the climate change a crisis, whether it's the cost of living, people are going out there and they're, they're taking up this cause to say, this isn't right. We can't have people suffering in the way we might be suffering. And we see this in various, across various nations, across humanity. The history of humanity is littered with examples of where people, individuals, took up the cause to say, this isn't right because of the suffering of others. What has all this got to do with work and our world of work? Well, when we're looking at how the sort of environments we're creating for our employees at work, we've got to be able to understand and take a step back to say, what is it that people are really experiencing? What are the emotions they're going through? What is the pain and suffering they might be experiencing? You know, it's, it's all fantastic. Hybrid working, remote working. Fantastic. Happy days. But what if there are people suffering at home in isolation with loneliness? We've got to become really in tune with how people are feeling, what they're experiencing. And when we know they're suffering, when they're telling us they're suffering, when they're in pain, you know, forget the, the noticing, they're telling us. Then it's saying, okay, so what does it actually feel like? 
going in and immersing ourselves in that so we can respond accordingly. Now, imagine going from noticing to responding. So, yeah, I've noticed something and we're going to go ahead and respond to it. Without the feeling element, it could be hollow, ticking a box, and seen as an activity. And often that can happen at work. People are complaining, let's fix this and let's fix that and, and job done. Actually, you know what, you haven't understood, you haven't experienced what we're experiencing. And then that can make all the difference. And often when uh, we're doing work with organizations, you know, one thing I come across from employees is saying, we just want to be heard. And when we go back to noticing and we hear people and we feel what they're experiencing, when people have been heard, it's not guaranteed that whatever they're asking for is going to happen, but we respond in a far better way. So compassion at work, um, very easy to confuse with caring. Um, caring the components of kindness and, and emotional support whereas compassion it's really feeling the 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 pain and to suffer with like I said that Latin derivative to suffer with and to then help them to go on and respond in a way that alleviates that suffering how can we do that well noticing feeling responding and as I mentioned Gilbert's six attributes sensitivity how sensitive are we to people suffering, the sympathy. Um, are we showing concern for others? Empathy. Can we can we put ourselves in their shoes? Motivation. Are we? Do we care? Am I bothered? Distress tolerance. Am I becoming overwhelmed where I'm now contaminating my own ability to respond? And then non-judgment, where I'm not caught up in why are they feeling like this? Accepting that that's how they're feeling. What can we do about it? So um, compassionate leadership, I think I, I come across many, many leaders who are caring and compassionate, but the action element isn't always there because they don't know what to do or they don't know how to respond. And that comes back to noticing, noticing and feeling. We've got to be able to understand what people are experiencing, because until we get that nailed, we'll never get it right. And there's a risk that it will be a tick box. Um, so have a think. Um there are various re various research projects out there because there isn't a standard definition of how do we measure compassion. Clearly, it's going to be very difficult. But what are the employee experiences telling you about what it's like to work at your organization? And does that describe a compassionate organization? A caring and compassionate approach to, to employee engagement? Uh, if it doesn't, what can you do about it? Are we noticing? Are we feeling? Are we responding? Are we just doing one of those two or one of those three? Sticking to noticing and then responding potentially. And then are we becoming overwhelmed? Are we becoming too sensitive? Um, what about sympathy? Is there very little sympathy there? Empathy and motivation and caring. Are we bothered? Do we care? Because if we do, absolutely we can do something about it. So I'm going to leave that with you. Compassion at work. Um, compassion is something we can teach. It's really, I think it's, I don't even think it's about teaching. Compassion is a human quality. It's what's allowed humanity to be what it is. When we see something on television, when we see charities asking for money, we are the first to put our hands in our pockets, even when we're suffering ourselves, because we cannot see, we cannot tolerate the distress of others suffering. So 
compassion is a human quality. But at work, we can hide it under lack of time, workload, all sorts of other stuff, and then ignore it and desensitize ourselves to, to what might be uh, people suffering around us. Just a, another note on compassion. How open are we to receiving help from others? You know, what about the, the self-care, the, the compassion to ourselves? How can I alleviate my own suffering? Now, if you're a leader or a manager out there, often the one thing I hear all the time is, but what about my team? So uh, leaders and managers, there are so many who will put their teams first because they care so much. But what about the self-compassion, the self-care? Unless we look after ourselves, we'll be of no value to anybody else. So we've got to be in a position to be able to accept compassion um, from others. Self-compassion and self-care. Then we can help others around us. So that's all for me today. Um, I just wanted to, to talk about compassion at work, compassionate leadership. I think it's a really important topic, um, especially now as we go through some tough times in organisations. We've got to make sure that we're really tuned in to how people are feeling, noticing uh, how they're feeling and then responding accordingly. And so everything we do has got to be from a perspective of compassionate, um, uh, compassionate leadership, compassionate care. And this all feeds in, if anybody was in any doubt, to the sort of organisational citizen behaviour, the, expe the expectations of what we would expect people to behave in a certain way at work. This all feeds into what we have uh, as expectations of, of work environments. So, um, Compassionate Work, join me again next week for more thoughts on employee engagement, leadership development, uh, culture development and everything else in between that's all for me today i'm Rosanna from the engagement coach i shall see you soon take care the engagement coach podcast